What's up, guys? How we doing? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. There he is. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hello, Dylan. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? Good. I was just uh, trying to catch up on the Tennessee-Texas game because I heard there was some drama that went down. Hearing you watch them. Can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you. I was trying to figure out what you were watching. Oh, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Texas. Tennessee, Texas. Tennessee, Texas, right? I, I, someone sent me a, a DM and said, you got to see what happened in the Tennessee, Texas. Man, I got high stakes on that game. And the coach got ejected, and I and I missed it, and I wasn't sure what happened, but he went off, and you can lip read it on right there. And he's he's calling everybody bitches, motherfucking everybody across, yeah. like, and from like the dugout, like just mm-hmm. not, and like nobody's walking close to him, so he's just like shooting bazookas mm-hmm. all over the field. Like, That's big man, hot, hot. Big. He's like strong stepping, trying to chase him around, like walking, like they just won't. They just like the, the umpires are just like walking away from him, like oh god. It's a problem. Dude, I, I'm, I'm – the, the name of the podcast could not be more, more prevalent than, than all of the absolute ridiculousness. I've been waiting to talk to you about this. I cannot believe what is going on with the MLB and how they're treating the players. It is a crime. It is – I cannot believe Joe Girardi was able to talk to Matt Scherzer or talk umpires into checking him – five times it's the most ridiculous it is it's so travel ball it makes me want to fight somebody that's what it is hey yeah uh he's got the wrong color glove can't have yeah. a gray glove yeah we grew up i knew that i knew that real hot never pitchers have talked about the armband remember the armband thing like you're yeah. not allowed to wear anything now it's right and now we got dudes with qb right there's an like it's crazy there's an iphone on his arm it's the new iphone right Everybody has it too, not just the starting pitcher. It's uh, like dude, we got catchers with headsets on. Like what? It's a lot. It really is a lot. Right, right. And so, like, I, I, I just don't understand. I think the media. I think we fall in a trap of this media and the people that don't understand the game. Like, if you don't understand with where the game's played and how hard it is to do some of the things that these kids are doing on on the baseball field, right? And you can't just watch the ball move and appreciate it, then. And then you're you're not telling the right story to captivate your audience. And I say it every time. And golf does so much better job appreciating the game. For some reason, somebody thinks ground balls are the game. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong, right? The game is that thing spinning 2,200 RPMs on a 10 o'clock to 4 o'clock axis, and it's going to go, yeah, right there. So it's just going to right off the table. That's what's, that's what's fun, right? And then we – it's, it's almost like they think everybody's a preschooler, not even kindergarten, like preschool. Like everybody's three years old in MLB. See ball, hit ball. That's all they want. No, not for us lifers, not, not for us that understand the game for what it is and where it should go. I don't know. It was, it's incredible that they're letting this happen. So the, the number of, I think I saw four guys. I saw Sergio Romo get yep. checked. He was over it. I saw Max Scherzer get checked. He looks like me when the boys are just on my last nerve. He's just like, here's my hat. Fucking, this is their life. And then I, who, Jacob DeGrom got yeah. checked. Um, who else got checked? Who okay, I got a good one. I got a real good one. Who else I went checked? to the Padres-Dodgers uh, game. Darvish and, and – uh, Did Darvish uh, get checked? That dude's bullshit dude, has been like crazy. Dude, they, hey, not only did he get checked, right? They looked at his hands. They looked at his hat. They looked at his belt. Yeah. And he was like, what? Right? And then uh, I always screw, screw his name up. Anyway, uh, Yadis, Yadis, I don't know. I, don't, I never can say his name correctly. Anyway, when he gets over on his side, in the fir- this is first inning. He gets over on his on the first side. Dude, he hands him his glove, and the umpire's looking at it, and he just walks away. Just walked right in the dugout. And they were just sitting there. He's like, hey, uh, uh, whatever. And I was like, oh, you're going to whatever that guy? The guy that just deeks you? That was like, here you go. And I'm going to go this way. I'm like, real weird. Dude, it's uh... – What's the? I'm, I'm str- like I'm really struggling today, like processing some of that information that I was watching because it was really hard to 
see some of those guys go through that in the middle of the game. Yeah. Like, almost as like a, it's like a freeze the kicker, I feel like. It's going to turn into that, hey, dude, he's got 8Ks. Oh, rhythm's a thing, dude. That's what I'm saying. That's a like, travel ball move. Like, what 100% the fuck is a travel that? Ball. Right? Why, is, well, why does I would call it a travel ball move? move. I'd call it a Bush League move. Because right. there's some good travel ball out there. But in no, terms of the rule set, in terms right. of the rule set, that's only travel ball. The only thing I'm saying see right. that is travel ball. Right. I'm not saying like, that travel ball is bad. I'm saying yeah, like, that, yeah, is, yeah. that is an option for a card for a coach to play. Right. right. Just like right. just like the offensive meeting that's turned into a frick human rain delay. We need right. to play banana ball. Can we just finally turn the MLB into banana ball? That would be so fun to watch. I want to see Billy Hamilton swinging at the craziest shit and just running as fast as he can. He takes ball four, you know, or what? Like, or no, what was it? My favorite is the extra innings rule. That's the best rule in all of of sports. Take away everybody. Mm-hmm. Take away everybody. We got a pitcher and a hitter. Give him the sticky stuff. Give him the fucking – if I hit a ground ball, he's still got to go fucking get it. <laughs> he's still got to go fucking get it. So, like, that would be, like, a fun way to play the game. But, like, with, with like, taking the serious note and the banana ball, like, we are taking a game that used to fascinate people in the early 1900s and the mid-1900s where people would come by droves. People would wait by the – by like a, a radio and they would just like sit here and they would be like this right they'd be like, oh shit which happened to a lot of sports but baseball was that sport where you need a stick and a ball it's the iconic idea of like the uh, uh the bronx tail right where they're playing stick ball in the street and that's like just the idea of baseball right you've ruined it because now you've made it too serious right there's a, a level of seriousness that you need to have. Like, yeah, I want to be good. But at the same time, this game is wacky. Like, it is a wacky little game where, like, I was thinking about it last night. I was watching Descalfani pitch against the Angels. Oh, yeah. He was, I saw those highlights. Dude, he was, he was carving them up, carving them up. And they couldn't catch up to his, his fastball after he set it up with his off speed. And it was a beautiful display of using your changeup. But what I want to say about that, is the commentator said some relevant stuff, which every once in a while they do. Most of the time, they just talk. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to say anything negative about it. I'm just saying I don't think you're really being productive with your time. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's all I'm saying. So, like, be better. That's all. That's all. Like, hey, just be better. Just be better. So, when you take what he said, which was Descalfani has finally come into his own and he's figuring out how to play the game his way and he's getting these hitters off balance. And how important that statement is is because you're making just a massive, unbelievable, like crazy statement, which you and I talk all the time, moves to win, gamemanship, understanding how to play the game. And that's something that now that we're checking for this sticky stuff, like now the idea of like somebody being good, somebody being legit at the highest level now you're almost taking it just reminds me of the whole idea of like well everybody's on steroids and mma right but it's lazy to say that that's so negative so now to check everybody that's like spinning a a monkey a monkey curveball that's like bouncing in front of the dirt 45 feet but guys are, are are swinging at it it's just i can't wrap my head around it like i honestly i haven't like i can't i just can't yet this thing's slick, okay? This thing is slick. It's not. I heard Dallas Braden's talk on it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. That well, was Bauer, brilliant. Uh, Bauer in his one of his most recent vlogs, too, like just showed, every, showed everybody how to pull the sunscreen out of the bag while he's in there, sits on the ground, sprays his arm, right? Yeah. Does the sunscreen, does the rosin, does like a quick 30-second summary of it, and then shows it go, like just shows how it works. Yeah. So... Yeah, dude, I, I, I'm with you. I mean, Scherzer even said in his post-game interview, he goes, I'm pretty sure you're going to, whatever I'm doing to hold the ball because it's in, it's really hard to hold it, you should ask that hitter in the same AB when you check me when I buzz the tower at 95. He's pretty probably didn't appreciate that because it slipped yeah. out of my hand because these balls are so incredibly hard. I just love how the pitchers are being honest about the ball now. Now we're really talking about 
how hard the ball is to hold. You know what I mean? And, and I remember, dude, I remember being in Mexico and being in the elevation and being like, how in the world do you hold this thing? It was one of the hardest things I ever had to overcome. And how do you do it? You lick your hand, you grab rosin, you, you put gel, you do anything you can to hold this baseball because it's practically impossible if you don't have anything on your hand because the ball's made wrong, which is crazy. How could you make it right? Bauer suggested something interesting. He's got two ideas. One, he's got a firm grip, firm grip spray that where each ball goes through a, like, you know, how you would paint something, like you powder coat something. Okay. Right? Yeah. So you would just spray it, and it would be over here, and then when you would give it to the pitcher, then it would have a little bit of tack, right? It would have something like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's really interesting to see because, you know, if you talk to fielders, too, Right. You're, you're seeing a lot of catchers. You're seeing a lot of outfielders. They're having sticky stuff on their hand, too, you know, because they know that there's a chance this ball could go. If I don't if I don't get a good if my hand's not ready for it and I can't control it, then it's not going to go from right there. So, you know, what's that's the one second the, one. You said that's the first one. What's the second uh, one? Develop a de develop a cover that comes sticky. That's probably the move. Like, that's got to be the move. Just make a better ball. Like, right. don't don't make a process for this ball like. I personally never understood the whole baseball mud thing. Like, I always wondered, I was like, how come all the bud, all the balls are, like, dirty? Like, I always wondered that. Like, they're dirty. And oh, yeah, speaking of that, you want to know why they're dirty? Oh, like, can you just tell me, like, you seem like a guy that's actually thrown those balls, like, a lot. I right. haven't. Like, right. like well, so here's, here's the, like? Old, the old balls that are dirty aren't dirty yeah. from the mud. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the pine tar on the guy's hand. Yeah. Okay. okay. So right. what is just throwing with the baseball mud on a ball like? It's okay. So 20 minutes after you rub it up, it becomes dust. So it doesn't That's matter. Crazy. That's so crazy. It's not like it works. Right. And so where I'm from Florida with humidity, you would take sweat off your forearm. So if you see a guy go like this and pull it, he's trying to yeah. pull sweat off and then you just go straight to the ball or like Kershaw's left hand last night was super sweaty. And so he could feel his hand be sweaty inside of his glove, pull it out, rub sweat on the ball so he could hold it, and then he would proceed to throw a cutter or a slider if you were paying attention, because I was. I was like, oh, when he needs more spin, he goes, that, 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 more spin. Um, so let's talk about this conversation from the, from the rules perspective, okay? Not the new rules, just like, the OGs, yeah. The, the idea of the game. Okay. So I remember, I remember growing up and there being massive issues on guys all the time where they would, if you touch skin or hair, you had to wipe before you touch the ball. Okay. That was the, that was the thing, right? And so, rules say foreign substance can't be. You know, it's all, there's only one substance permitted. It's rosin, right? Well, you can't outlaw sunscreen because you have to protect your skin. So there's that. That You can't argue that. And you can't tell someone to not sweat. And that was what Scherzer's, you know. But the I think the issue of what Girardi said in the thing is he said he saw Scherzer go into his hair almost every pitch. And when you see obvious things like that, then – and it's an option for a guy to try to win a game. I mean, that's exactly what he said in his post-game interview too. He goes – how are you going to get on me when now it's an option for me to play this card? I get to go, hey, man, you want to go check him? And I didn't accuse him of anything. Girl, I just said go check girl. him. And that's kind of the point that I'm kind of bringing up with the idea of, like, freeze the kicker. You know, like. Yeah, dude, it's, this, this game's incredibly hard to, to – it's just going to make it – I mean, the MLB doesn't even understand how much, like, how bad this makes the, the game look. Because, like, a month ago, you were celebrating all kinds of crazy stuff with home runs and blah, blah, blah. And don't even get me on sticky barrels. Don't let me get – don't let me start on that. Dude, I've – I've always – I mean, growing up watching Bay Area baseball, the first person that I knew that loved to use pine tar was Pablo Sandoval. I mean, that guy, when he was really good, dude, his barrel was covered in it. His glove was covered in it. You know his hands were covered in it all the time, right? So just in his helmet, right? So it's just like he's using so much sticky stuff. Why don't you say anything? Manny Ramirez, oh, my God. Like the front of his helmet was just black, right? But because he's hitting, there seems to be some kind of a disconnect. But 
this action, right, of me doing this is not as complex as that. That's one of the things that I've learned. So, like, why do you think we give hitters the benefit of the doubt? I don't even know if it's the benefit of the doubt. Why oh, do you you don't want to show somebody up. You don't want to show up a legend. That's why. Everybody's worried about everybody's feelings. Because the George but, okay, but it's Max Scherzer. I, uh, well, who well, they that's, play that's yesterday? what it is who, right now, though. I who agree. they play that's, yesterday, the Phillies? Yeah. Oh, that's why they did it. Joe Girardi doesn't give a shit. That's probably a better compliment. He was like, fuck you. I'm going to make sure you're checked every <laughs> inning. Is that the guy? It, it, history has shown that you don't fire that guy up. And of course, like, you know, whatever happened, he goes full psycho, right? And they go seven innings, like nine Ks, no walks, like, you know, touched 100. Right? You got two different colored eyes. Dude's crazy. <laughs> like, why would you excite a pit bull? What are you doing? What right, are you doing? right, 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 right. For all, for all of you out there that don't know how to calm down a pit bull, take them for walks and you slow them down you don't let them run you just slow them down and then you really slow them down and then you put them to sleep and then they want to get out of the game because they're why are you taking forever and that's what people do to me all the time and i hate it i hate the human rain delays and then step in and out of the box see i like that rule from banana ball i love that rule it's a strike step in the box let's go yeah, yeah right like because in reality like a hitter can do that Right. Like a hitter can do that. What's BP? What's front toss? Like, it's right. not thirty seconds in between. It's like a rep. Ready? Okay, here we go. Like it's 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 rep after rep. Right. And you can see Arizona. Like watch Arizona. Their their whole that's their whole plan. Each guy has a whole. Get in the box. Get out of the box. Look at the barrel. Take a breath. Probably why they suck. Get your sign. Look at the barrel again. Take a breath. Like, it's just, it's all a show. It's all a show. And nobody, like, I'll call out every hitter ever. Like, Manny Ramirez and David Ortiz used to take 45 seconds to walk 20 feet from the Red Sox dugout. Oh, yeah. Do oh, the yeah. Just to wait the guy to get off the field to hear their walk-up song. Then he'd take his practice hacks with it. Like, get his whole standing ovation involved just to take a pitch. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Right? And so if you're on the mound and you got to watch this and you're just going – all right, cool. Can we play? Like, we can't play until I throw the ball. I know you want to celebrate Big Poppy and Manny, but I have to throw the ball for the game to advance. So what are we waiting on? That's the part of banana ball, you know? Like, if there is somebody that is actually good, like, get them in the box. You know, like, it's not about – I feel like the idea of of being a professional athlete is awesome. And then you get to this status where, like – you've climbed the fourth or the fifth mountain where like nobody gets right. Like you're the hall of famer. You're the, you're the goat or whatever they call you. And then it turns into like this charade. Like it feels like, you know, like I love it, but at the same time, I hate it. The Yankees during that, like four or five years when everybody was retiring, like everybody was retiring. Dude, some of their games had like that 15 minute pause. It's like, bro, I get it. I, I totally get it. But like, Here's the thing. That sets precedence for the longer pauses. Because right. the more you allow one pause, then it's like, well, I'm Big Poppy. You know, I'm going to step out of the box. You know who I am. I'm, I'm Big Poppy, right? So, and then you start to get these snowball effects of whatever they are. And, man, it's just, it's a frustrating concept that we can't keep the game under three hours when it's a game. When college that- does it all the time. When college does it all the time. Same game, same number of innings, same number of guys. Yeah, yeah. Same number. Of, they probably review more plays. Yeah, they do. They look at a lot of plays. Like you hear the kids always in the dugout. They're always like, "Bro, check that shit." Yeah, um, it's because everybody okay, trusts so the camera now. It's it's cool that everybody trusts the camera now. I have to, I have a, a a daily question for you that's centered around this, right? Because I always try to ask. I love, these. I love these. You always try to turn my brain and go crazy. So. Like, this whole thing with the sticky stuff, right? But now, let's talk about, like, the idea of sticky stuff is supposed to help people, right? Aren't we looking for optimization of the game? Like, is this something that we want to go down? Like, is this something where, like, is this going to be a turning point where you're going to see guys start to really get frustrated and really voice their opinions, or do you think this is just going to be a phase and guys are going to deal with it? Because, like, I like Bauer's idea of creating a new baseball, but, like, 
if you want to change the game and you want to change this baseball idea, is it allowing sticky stuff? Is it changing the baseball? Is it teaching? I don't know, because I'm not even going to say that. Because, like, you can't teach anybody anything that, like, has to do with, like, the ball if you can't control it. You know what I mean? So that that's my question. Like, where are we with this? Like, what's your opinion on this? Where are we? Where are we going? So I, I like the idea of the even playing field, because I always felt like, you know, even, like, when I was in Mexico, I didn't get the information. No one told me on my team, I mean, you know, you should, hey, man, you should learn how to throw with sunscreen and rosin because you're in Mexico City, it's 8,000 elevation, and everything you throw is not going to spin enough because there's not enough air friction for the ball to do what it's supposed to do, especially when you're in Tabasco and all the humidity is in there, which actually adds friction, which makes the ball move more, but also makes it go slower. Wow. That's a lot of information. But I didn't know that. You know, in a Florida boy coming over here to California, nobody, California, the air is much drier. People throw harder here, and the ball, depending on where you are, it's a different thing, you know? So uh, I'll say this, if we can find an even playing field, which I never think will ever happen because through the history of the game and almost every sport, everybody's cheating somehow, right? Um, and, and so you can just do your best. And as long as you make the game fair, I just, I, I just really am frustrated because this just makes baseball look so bad. Like it's a sport where everybody has to do something like to do it. But they, what they don't understand is like, it's just really hard to do it without it, right? But to, to your point, right? There has to be a level of fairness. So if the ball gets better, let's say we get an optimal ball that's, that's tacky enough. But, you know, I think the thing they're worried about that is they can't, like, control the, the RPMs of it, right? But, like, Eric Sim did the video, then he showed a breakdown of, like, what sunscreen rosin does, what pelican grip does, what spider tag does. And so you could, I mean, Yo, I'm I watched the spider tag video of the Atlas Stone dude. Yeah, 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 put like a like just so much of that, but that was like pretty impressive, you know. Right. Like that. Keep going, star. Yeah. Um, no, I agree exactly. Um, and so it's it's really like I said, it's it's actually the easier. And now that we're learning about what tension does in the hand, I mean, it. I don't know of a guy that's throwing over ninety five that isn't using it because that was one of the biggest things when I was trying to figure out how to do it. It's like the faster you move your hand, the more unstable the ball can get in your hand. And so it's really hard to keep that thing loose in your hand, but keep it balanced enough where you can move your hand at a hundred miles an hour without doing something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's probably the biggest thing for me that I. It would almost be like, like if you were to be a, if you were to be like a football player, right. And you were to be, let's say an NFL quarterback, right? Having those hand warmers changes a lot about the environment that you're in, right? Like you just talked a lot about environment. And I think that's a really important thing. Like the first thing you said was Florida and California and Mexico. Like those are all three different places that are all very different ecosystems that are all extremely different climates as well. So that's something that honestly has to be accounted for. Like you can't control the weather in Atlanta and Seattle. So you can't expect the guys that have been pitching in Seattle to have the same effect on the ball when they go to Atlanta, because they haven't been there before. Right. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. kind of like what you said. So continuing down this path seems to be like, I feel like it's one of those things that once you've decided that you can't do something, it's going to be really hard for people to now let it go. And it seems like this is like what you said was super powerful. That was super like deep passion. You know what I mean? Like a hundred miles an hour with a loose wrist, like it's very dangerous if it's uncontrolled, right? Like a rock, right. That's moving at a hundred miles an hour. That's who's that guy that, that moved from the, um, the Royals for a, a little bit. Mex oh, no, what was his name? When they won the World Series, dude, he threw absolute fuzz nuggets. Um, the, the, you're talking about the, the real over-the-top guy? Yeah, right-handed. Right-handed. Like, I think it was like Keller or something like yes, that. Yes, that guy. Like, mm -hmm. I remember one time he did threaten, like, Josh Donaldson. Like, I'm going to hit you in the head or something like that. And I was like, whoa, that's like <laughs> that's like murder, dude. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy, right? Hey. Like that, got a family oh, to think about. Yeah. You know, so, but 
that's also the unintended consequence of hitters. So imagine you were to take, because again, like the hand warmers, I can control the ball better. I can put my receiver in a better position. Technically, it's a safety issue. Like, because then, say I throw a bad pass, now he gets in a bad area, now he gets hit. Boom. Now it's a safety issue. You can make that, right? You could honestly say, well, it's a safety issue because I throw 103, if that thing slips out of my hand, even if it hits you in the ribs, you're on the 14-day DL. You're not playing tomorrow for sure. You know what I mean? So it is a safety issue at this point because, again, imagine, like, if you want people to play the game, what you have to do is is make it easy to a certain extent, right? And I think safety is a part of that ease, right? That's why football's changing. It's not easy enough for some people. Like, and I am against like the idea of jacked up because I mean that's pretty crazy. I, I started thinking about it the other day, just like highlighting like dudes getting concussions. That's pretty crazy. But so you know, mad, dude. Yeah. So I also watch I also watch MMA. So like I'm I'm kind of crazy. I don't I don't advocate knockouts. I'm a jujitsu guy. Like take them to the ground. But anyways. I think that has to be the main thing of the – if you were to make a First Amendment of why we need sticky stuff, that's huge. Because that guy that threw 103 that said, hey, I'm going to hit you in the head. Like, if he did, those MLB helmets, like, they're going to explode yeah. into 100 pieces, right? right? So it has to be something that – like, shoot, even from, like – I've talked to pitchers before that just aren't confident in their catchers catching the ball, and it's a safety concern for the hitters because they're like, oh, man, I don't know if this dude can catch me. And now you stole this guy. You know what I mean? Like, that has to be a legitimate thing. So that's my stance on it. Like, I do do crazy stuff, but I'm also a big fan of doing crazy stuff within the limits of mortality, right? Like, not getting hit in the head with 100 miles an hour or, like, Dude, I remember getting hit. My last hit by pitch was 91 in the ribs, and it didn't feel good. Yeah. It didn't feel good at all. Well, I mean, this day and age of technology and how things are growing, too, it's, it's almost ridiculous that, like, hitters don't have, like, some kind of, like, built-in pad to this. You know what I mean? You should like, wear, like, a quarterback ribcage pad. Well, you know, the Koreans sew pads into their butt on their pants for sliding, and that's, like – that was the first time I saw it. And so, if you, you know, if you could make some kind of jersey, you know, or undershirt thing that was just light enough that it didn't, you know, kill performance and added just the, that lightest bit of protection, like, why wouldn't you? Like, it would make right. – I would be like, dude, wear your live – like, I tell all the guys in live at like, wear all your protection. There's absolutely no reason for you to not to. You should have an Evo. You should have a foot. You should have a C-flap. Like, there's absolutely no reason for you to not take the most precautions. So, you can just stay in the game. It's a – it's a frequency thing, man. If you can just limit injuries, like, you can just continue to grow the skill. I'm blanking on – I think it was Earl Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell for the Los Angeles Rams. He was a Hall of Fame running back. That's the hardest position in pro football next to linemen. That's, like, a three-year career and you're out typically, right. right? And he wore a neck pad. He had the elbow pad. Like, he wore every piece of equipment that they had to have a long career. And guess what? You did. And he's he's okay. Like, he's he's one of those few guys from the 70s that's walking, you know, that played football back then. It's a hard sport, right? So, oh, I totally agree with that. Like, dude, they used to give – I remember reading an article back when I was in high school or college, and it just talked about the origination of catcher's gear and how they used to call catcher's pussies for wanting to wear masks, you know, back in the day. You know, like, crazy. It's so – like, could you imagine that? Like, no. I'm not dude, like, there was a uh, – in the hockey game, my father-in-law were watching last night. Dude, a uh, ref took a hockey puck to the ear and dropped him. He didn't see oh, it He was, like, on the boards trying to, like, look like this. And the guy skipped it off the glass, and it just hit him, and he just died, just dropped. I was like, oh, my no, God. Dude, a hockey puck? That's, like, mass. That's, right. like, a solid mass, right? And he just – it was just night-night, lights off, like, down. So – Away from the sticky stuff, we're going to put that to bed. I just want to talk about NC State and Mississippi State for a second. So, first, it's easy to talk about Mississippi State. Is it Landon Sims? Is that his name? I believe so. Landon Sims. Wow. That dude is a – 
he is uh, what's the word I want to say? He is a savage technician. He throws ninety six and he knows what he's doing though. Like so yeah. it's very it's very hard to hit him. And he also looks like he will stone cold Steve Austin two fours light in the pool after he closes you out. Like he looks like that too. So he's a he's a dog. And I I can't I can't think of I, they have a setup guy for him, or or maybe they don't, or they had like a pitcher that went with him, and they, they said the tandem names, right? But that's one thing that I really like about college sports is because the season is short enough, you can get these powerhouse combinations of like a setup guy and a closer. We're in a big league season because we play so many fucking games. Like you can't get the same guys back to back where you know what you're going to get, but at the same time, good luck. So – that's one of my favorite things about Landon Sims and, and their ability. But NC State did what you and I talk about. And I had a conversation with a kid on Friday that I don't – did I tell you about my conversation I had with a kid about he had a, he had a tough year and um, we talked about his baseball season. It was an excellent conversation. You would love to have been a fly on the wall in that conversation. Essentially, NC State's pitcher pitched like a hitter, worst nightmare. First pitch change-ups, then guys are leaning over the plate, getting fastballs on their hands, then they're back and forth on a teeter-totter, then they're getting breaking balls, and it was almost a routine effect, and it's something that I would like to hand over to you. The idea of not having a rule set to pitch to the hitter, like, I, I feel like a lot of the times it's like, fastball away, fastball away, you know, we talked about that the other day, right? So, tell me your opinion on seeing a guy work like that and how you would talk about that, you know, getting hitters kind of jumbled all over the place and getting well, them I, I, on, go ahead. Uh-huh. Oh no, just getting them on weird patterns. Like how you talk about all the time. Well, I, first of all, I got to say shout out to NC state uh, coaching staff. Cause that's not a normal idea. No. And when you find, you know, this is how, um, this is how they beat Arkansas. Cause Arkansas is one of the best fastball hitting teams in the country. And so to me, you know, it's almost like it's almost like when you hear about like the American Revolution and you're like they just line up in front of each other with guns and shoot like what right what are you doing <laughs> that's what I feel like I'm gonna that's get exactly this I'm like they're the best they're the best fastball hitting team in the nation I guess the best way for us to beat them is to not throw fastballs and that's what they did and Arkansas could not figure it out. I think each each hitter, maybe in three ABs, might have seen one. Might have seen one. And so, you know, that's the Greg Maddox idea of, like, not straight ball, changing speeds. The, even the phrase changing speeds doesn't mean it sounds weird, but, like, I feel like they're saying it wrong. They should be say change pitches. Like, just change pitches. Well, yeah, because, I mean, different pitches are different speeds, right? Right, right. So, so they, changing that- speeds. It's like, well, I'll throw a fastball slower. Like, hold on, timeout. You don't even know what that means. Right. You understand? So, right. you know, I, I saw them do it against Arkansas. And when they came up here, I was like, well, you're going to put – in the SEC somehow thinks they're the MLB as well, right, because they have the best guys allegedly. But that's just because they have the most fuel back to bazooka versus bazooka standing in front of each other, like mm-hmm. trying to instruct them. Mm-hmm. And when you watch these teams – when you watch these players and these teams get beat, they always get beat on some unique idea, right? So the um, the lefty closer for NC State, right? 96, huge closed-off guy, weird fastball, low 930 angle crossfire with sink. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Right? But he also plays a split that runs off in the same sense. He's got a little cutter slider that goes here. And then he throws it at your hip. So you go all righties. And he's throwing this barreling two seam that's coming at you and then running over the plate. So it's going to kind of shock you for a little bit. And so that, that's, you know, watching how they pitch, they just use their, their ballistics angles are very, very interesting. I love how far out their guys are away from the center of the mound to create these weird angles on guys where you can, you can become a little bit more unique in your fastball ideas. You have to be and really so, strong throw hard from unique angles too. Right, right. Like they're right. finding great athletes. I mean, that closer's like six eight. Like <laughs> if they left, <laughs> good blowing ninety six mile an hour bowling balls, but like not throwing it that often. He's like fifty fifty. Like I watched him go fast, slow, fast, slow. 
Can you imagine if LeBron could throw? Like, that's LeBron. 6'8", okay. like, oh, my God. That's yeah. a massive human. Huge. So huge. here is a, a, the conversation that I had, and you can chime in whenever you want, but kid comes up to me, super consistent, but he had been struggling in his first year in high school baseball, right, which was this year, and he sat down, and he essentially told me it was like, yeah, I was like 5 for 25, and I felt like I had a really good – and this was the funny part. When he said that, he was like, I felt like I had a really consistent approach. And then, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, but you were five for 25, so let's talk about your approach. So <laughs> then he was like, I felt like I was hard to strike out. I think I only struck out once or twice. So I was like, that's pretty good, 25 at-bats. Like, that's pretty solid. And he also said the hits that I did get were for RBIs. So he got four out of those five hits were for RBIs, and three out of those five hits were doubles. So I was like, so that's not terrible. Like, you're just more or less, you look like you're picking the wrong spots to, like, swing or not swing. So we, we went down that conversation. And I was like, what are you looking for? You liked your approach so much. He was like, well, that's what I wanted to talk to you about. I was like, awesome. And he said, okay. Uh, I was pretty much, and he said it like that. He was super nervous. And I was like, what? He was like, I was looking pretty much for a ball down the middle. And I noticed that I'd never got that. And I was like, hmm, interesting. And he was really, like, he was almost disappointed that he couldn't get out of that thinking. And I was like, I get it. And I was like, now, when you come here, right, what do we normally do? And he was like, well, we hit off the tee, we hit toss, we hit BP. And I was like, now, normally, when we hit toss, the ball is, like, not necessarily down the middle, but it's kind of easy to hit. He's like, yeah. I'm like, BP is kind of the same way, right? It's kind of all over the place. Every once in a while, we really try to get you out. He's like, yeah. I said, okay, why did you go into the balls on a tee when you went into a game? And he goes, I have no idea. I just thought that that's what I should expect because my coach said sit on a fastball. And I'm like, but what did you see? And he talks about the sequence that we just somewhat talked about. Fastball away, fastball away, either an elevated fastball or a curveball, or you switch the order, right? And then repeat. Rinse, wash, and repeat, right? And we just had this conversation. I was like, okay, so let's talk about pitching because you pitched, right? He was like, yeah. I was like, how many guys did you throw a fastball down the middle to? He was like, almost nobody. I was like, and you never, like, relayed that over to, like, your hitting? He was like, oh. I was like, man, we got to, like – so we just have this conversation about what you and I talk about. Like, 2-0, what are you sitting on? He was like, well, I'm sitting on a fastball when I'm hitting. But when I'm pitching, I'm not throwing a fastball. I was like, weird. So it's just – we had this conversation that really relied around the idea that he went almost a whole baseball season – without anybody ever asking him, what are you doing? Like, nobody ever asked him, what are you doing? Because, like, here's the point. If you're on a high school baseball team, you've proven to me four things. Number one, you played t-ball, so I know you can hit the ball off the tee. Number two, you can hit soft toss, okay? Number three, you can hit BP. Number four, you can hit live pitching, okay? Those are four very important things, right? Once you've gotten to that fourth one, right, the idea of hitting live pitching is no longer the, the idea of hitting it's, or the idea of swinging. It's the idea of hitting. Now it's like, okay, now I have to take these ballistic angles and square the ball up, right? And no one ever sat him down and told him that. And I never got to see him or talk to him, but he said he didn't come into the facility that much, right? So – relaying this over to like you and your hitters over there and something that maybe you guys talk about so you could help our guys and guys that are out there. And I've been telling them for a while, like, Hey, this is like, this is super domesticated. When you go out there, that's the jungle. Like you'll run into a guy that he doesn't care that you like fastballs. He's going to throw you 19 sliders in a row and he's going to smile walking away. But what are some of the things that, you could tell a young hitter to start to understand those ideas. Cause I've been telling him kind of the same stuff, excuse me, but 
I always like to hear a new perspective, which is a lot of the times I tell people the reality is like, hey, the game is to get you out, right? Your job is to not get out. It's a very hard game, but a big part of it is understanding, excuse me, your role in the moment. Like there's a guy on first, right? That is not the same moment as if there's a guy on first and third. That is not the same moment as if there's nobody on, nobody out. It's not the same moment as the winning runs on second base and it's a 3-1 count. Like there are all of these individual pieces. So to get a kid outside of that moment was something that I think I was really struggling with. And I would like to hear an outsider's perspective. Um, hmm. It's an interesting concept. Like, well, makes- I, you know, I, I think the okay, so for me, I, what we tell everybody is the answers are always in the game presented around you. So the way right. that he's pitching you is probably a commonality of the way he's pitching someone else. And so if you can look at yourself objectively and know what type of hitter you look like when you stand in the box, because that's what the coach is evaluating, then you can see somebody else in the lineup that's probably going to be pitched the same. And it normally would be, you know, the one and the three and the five, the two and the four might be the same. Maybe the two and the seven's the same and the three, four and five might be the same. You know what I mean? And so you got to find righties got to look at righties, lefties got to look at lefties and see what the tendencies are. So, I mean, this is when it comes down to tendencies and, you know, what really gets interesting with, you know, travel ball and all these tournaments and stuff is like, you know, most kids show up with two pitches. And when you have a two pitch mix, like, and it's real easy to find patterns because there's not, there's really, you can't change. This is the whole fast, slow idea. And so if you can go fast, slow and process your fast slows, like, most of the time you could cheat and say it's going to be a second pitch fastball. Like you just learn these things. That's what's going in. Cause it's probably going to be fast, slow, fast, slow, fast, fast, slow, 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 fast, slow, fast. Right. So like the only other one that would be a, the only other one on that second pitch would be a slow, slow, fast. So you right. could, you could, if, if you understand your first pitch, it's, I mean, the approach idea is just mis misinterpreted. It's looking for a fastball, but it's no, it's like, understanding what the probabilities of all the things are coming together. Right. So, you know, and, and if you can play the game and be like, why wouldn't you bet on yourself in a 60% count? You know, it's like, it's like knowing what your chances are of when you have poker and then they show it on the world series of poker. And this guy has a 93% chance of winning. Like, and he's just going to sit back and be like, what you going to do? You know, yeah. like fall into a trap. Oh, you ra- you raised me. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to re-raise you. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's that idea from what it is. And that's, Watching, watching last night, uh, Kim hit a home run off, off of uh, uh, Kershaw on a very elementary speed ladder of fastball, cutter, curveball. And Kim took it, checked, and then got 0-2, and then cheated and went interesting sword, almost split grip, no wrist swing, and hit it out. That little guy. Wow. And I went, and I, and I just started seeing some other guys in the Padres do this, too. And we'll talk about that hitting side of the same thing, too. But, like, no wrist roll. Almost, like, intentionally hockey-sticking it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he launched it out of the, out of the park. And like, Big top hand swing. Top, yeah, but, like, underneath, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I always think – everybody says top hand. I always think it's like – Well, like, dude, I was having that, that thought the other day. Like, I was trying to communicate. Like, this kid walked in. Hey, I want to flatten my swing out. I was like, no, you don't. And because, like, he, like, like he, I was like, this is flat. I was like, a curveball will fall under this. And then you will yeah. have to drop your body down like this. And he looked mm-hmm. at me. He was like, you're right. I was like, I know. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's about getting your hands like this. But, like, now my top hand is my bottom hand. So it's like a weird idea that like, that's why we roll the ropes. So when I get into like this position, I love Tony Gwynn so much, like the idea of leading the knob, but then Josh Donaldson, he brings a lot of good points too. Like just swing with your fucking shoulders, right? But it's kind of both, right? But one of the things that I think to go with that is that it's so easy, so easy to teach a kid how to have a flat bat path and hit a fastball. And so it goes into their head. How, like the easiest move to win is the fastball down the middle or the fastball up, right? So one of the things that I, I started to tell kids was 
like Joey Votto dropped the golfer line before I retired. Um, like literally a few days before I posted that last video of me hitting a, like way back on my Instagram when I was in the old facility, he said a hitter should be like a golfer. They need a driver. They need a wedge. They need a putter. They need to be able to chip because every, every at bat's a little bit different. And so I started telling guys singles, doubles, home runs. You can't really get triples. Like that's more of like a situational thing. Guys in a gap or you're hella fast. Right. But, those are the three true outcomes, like, when it comes to barreling the ball, right? Like, can't really control the triple, but I know what a home run swing kind of looks like once I've hit X amount. I know what a double swing looks like when I hit X amount. And I know what a single swing looks like, right? But guys aren't teaching that. What they're teaching is see ball, hit ball, keep it super simple, make your hitters dumb, don't teach them how to cheat, and it's not because they're not, like, they're doing that on purpose. That's not what they're doing. I think what they're doing is they're not teaching anybody awareness of the game. They're not paying attention to the ideas of, like, that guy looks like a hitter. That guy looks like a lesser hitter. Like you just said, that was a super interesting point. I've never heard anybody say that. Um, again, like, you just got to have awareness. Um, but, like, past – the past few days, I've been thinking about how you've gotten some of your pitchers to develop, like watching some of your live ABs, like Caden Prairia, like that guy. I've, I've really enjoyed his, his throwing. Um, one of the things that I've seen, like from right-handed hitters facing that guy is the lack of ability to hold their base as they're traveling forward. And I feel like that's because guys stop cheating and they stop believing in their cheating, kind of like what you were talking about. And so I want to try to get guys to believe in that idea of cheating, right? Like believe in your sticky stuff to try to tie everything together. Like, you know, like really feel that work together. Like I'm believing in the fact that you're going to throw an O2 curveball because you do it, you know, that should be a part of the game. I really, really. I think it is dude. Cause that's more, the more and more we've seen these kids of these big leaguers, like, and how they're probably more successful than their dads, which would be like, of course, because they're like, well, this is what I figured out finally at the end of my career. Here's the right. There is a holy grail because you can see it. Like you can see all these people like Trout's dad was some huge big time minor league guy that didn't get a shot, didn't get called up because there was somebody ahead of him. I don't remember exactly who it is, but like, dude was sitting like over 500. And so what do you do? You create another version of you. And then if you see his talent and you just teach him the game earlier, and so like i you know everybody talks genetics on this stuff and i i think you know i think it's information that's the thing that's what i mean about like the awareness process like information is huge like yeah. once you 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 highlight something for somebody and they really see it they're like whoa like i used spider-man the other day for a hitting example it was awesome and like the highlight in this kid's head he was like that makes so much sense for like why I hit fly balls and why I hit line drives. I was like, exactly. It's the same thing as like when you're Spider-Man and you, you see Spider-Man going fast, he releases low kind of like George of the jungle swinging from a vine. They swing vine to vine when they really want to launch high, they hold onto that vine and they release later. And I told that kid that, and he was like, dude, like that, it, it just made so much sense for him to go, you know, contact point, single double home run. You know, just the idea of like feeling that position, just a, a, an idea, right? Just so the kid can just think of that. But that matters for like, like what you're talking about. Mike Trout does some pretty amazing stuff on some wacky pitches, like the low and in fastball that he hits 430 feet to right field. Like the swing that you have to put on that ball is nothing short of perfect. Like it has to be perfect. And I feel like he's built that over the idea of, like, he understands. He knows, like, I heard him say a couple of years ago, I'm just trying to hit a line drive off the back of the mound. I'm like, then how do you hit 40 home runs a year? Like, that, like, those two things. That's called bait. That's called bait. Right? That's called bait. It's called bait. I understand. Yeah. With the idea of, like, if a hitter is trying to, like, what's a hitter trying to do in their first at bat? Most of the time, they're just trying to see the pitch. If they get a base hit, that's how they start their day. Can't be a bad day when you start your first at bat with a hit, 
right? Most guys are trying to see the ball, like generally. Nobody's going out there unless they've seen that guy like a handful of times where they're like, oh, I know how this is going to go, right? Usually the second, third at-bat, that's when you see guys like really turn it up. Unless you're Ricky Henderson, you're the shit, you're first at-bat. But that's one of the things where I feel like guys can start to take their notes of the idea of like, like what's his speed ladder? What are the pitches that I'm seeing, right? Like, one of the things that you told me a while back was the idea of taking. And I taught guys, like, you should mess with me on your takes. Like, act like you get fooled on purpose. See what happens. Maybe I throw the next pitch again, you know? But understanding the idea of, like, it's a living thing, this baseball, right? This baseball game, it's a living thing. It's constantly, like, evolving. And... I know in California, I'm speaking for a small minority of kids, but also at the same time, it's, it's pretty big. Dude, you see the same kind of hitters from every single high school that all have different hitting coaches, right? Flat swing, looking for it's not even balls. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think, it's, I think it's actually easier than people realize just because of, like, how the aluminum bat swing is being taught and, and, and being abused, right? Because you can just cheat too much. You don't have to be so accurate with your barrel. You can just be, like, over the plate, and then a flare will still work, right? And so that just doesn't happen with a wood bat. And so when you find out a kid's in college or in high school, and he's never seen something move late, right, whether it's a sinker or a cutter or, or a slider or something like that, you just – there's a 95% chance I'm going to strike you out. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. You just didn't realize that bomb bat doesn't do the same thing. Not even close. You thought it did. You did. You really thought it did. Right? So I appreciate you bringing a pillow up there. That was fun. <laughs> Sweet pillow. I've hit I've hit balls far, further with normal wood bats than I have with bomb bats. Of course. Like it's performance. It's 100% performance. What are you doing? Like, the fact that some of these kids bring bomb bats to these tournaments, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this is the time to use the expensive bat. Well, what if I break it? I'm like, that's that's the risk, buddy. That's yeah. why you bring eight bats with you to a tournament. That's why that's why big leaguers have this giant monstrosity of bats just coming with them wherever they go. So cool. So cool. Not one. They don't have one in their back. <laughs> oh, shit, I broke my only bat. Dang, what do I do now? Can I borrow your bat? No, bro, you just broke your bat. Kevin Pilar saved his bloody bat after he got, like, hit in the face, and he saved that. And he used it in that bat, like, two weeks later. Got some juice on it. Dude's a savage. And, like, one of the positive things that I've seen from, like, this kind of a change is, like, I'm getting kids asking me about why I'm pitching them, like, a certain way. And they're like, you know, you threw me, like, nine curveballs in a row in, like, four at-bats. Even though I was barreling them, you still kept throwing them. I was like, I know. And then <laughs> later, you beat me with cutters and fastballs. I was like, because what were you doing? It was like, sitting on breaking balls. I was like, oh, okay. So, like, it's okay that you hit me, like, because at the oh. end of the day, like, I won, right? Like, so, like, getting kids to realize that, like, I remember I was taking – I had a monster that comes to my class. Like, just – I think he's, like, 17, hits the ball, like, 95 or something like that. Really, he's only played baseball, like, six years. Just – kid's just a natural athlete, right? And I was, like, I'm going to make him roll over twice. And he smokes the ball, but on hit tracks, roll over, shortstop, boom, gets him. I was like, I don't care how hard he hits it. If he gets out, like, he gets out, right? Like, the point is to get guys out. And that's one of Descalfani's things that he was starting to do. He was just getting guys to swing, right? And at the end of the day, that is the game, right? Like, you can get these big leaguers out. You, Even though you're a rookie, you can get these big leaguers out. But Descalfani's not. But it takes you a while to, I feel like, figure that out. Right. Maybe there's that aura about, like, the idea of, like, that's Anthony Rendon in the box. Like, this dude smashes, right? Well, I, you know what? There is a little bit of growth in understanding that you actually don't need to throw strikes all the time. It feels kind of weird about it, right? That's why Julio Urias got smashed the other day by the Padres. Oh, good. Okay, perfect, perfect transition. I called Manny's home run. percent strikes. You're going you're gonna to love this. I called Manny's home run, right? So here's your sequence. He goes heater away. Manny goes slice down the right field line, real inside out it. You could see the whole wham like that. I saw yeah. it from when I was at the game. I was like, ooh, he's going off of He goes, same pitch. He goes slice, right? So he goes fastball away, fastball away. What was coming right after that? Fastball up and in. Yeah. And I watched Manny open his front foot, step out, 
get ready, and then just go inside swing, yeah. Yahtzee off the building. He cut that ball deep, too. He didn't yeah. get that super out in front. Right, he right. Deep. And he was cheating. And I was like, oh, so check that out. He, he, he got it. He went, spoil, spoil, come on in. Water's warm. Water's warm. Come on in. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's the game. That's what it is right there. Sorry, and you could see Yuri was just completely confused by the whole idea. No, it's all good. Not right. only that, not only that, like, the idea of, like, just because you throw a lot of strikes isn't good. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's good. Like, like that's awesome. You throw 72% strikes, but, like, you're not necessarily the best you could be because of that. And the Padres kind of highlighted that. Like, that was a tough first inning. Like, that was 34 pitches or something like that. Like, that was – that's a tough first inning, right? Like, you're – Hale's thing. Hale doesn't get his – if he – as soon as he started bouncing his curveball, everything went – everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Because they have to honor it because he's got that 96 that comes out yeah. of that tunnel, mm. right? And you could see him be like, you like, you know? And and just like, look, I can tell you, how do you beat a dude that, that's a guy? You wait him out. And so they just didn't swing for like – and when they did swing, they made sure it was up. And so you just sit up zone. Take the down zone and just have fun with it up there. You know, that's such a common phrase. That's how Barry Bond said he would beat Tim Lincecum. He was like, I just wouldn't swing. I would just wait. <laughs> then eventually, I'm going to get you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. But that's the truth. And I feel like, again, that's the pitcher side of things. Like, that is a real unspoken, like, value that hitters don't understand is like, hey, if you go 0 for 4 off of him, but you barrel four, he still won. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, you can take that small victory, like that whole baseball phrase, like, yeah, he hit the ball hard, it's a good day, right? But, like, he won. Yeah, out. You're, like, you're out, bro. You're out. <laughs> like, so that's super valuable to teach a young hitter that, like, hey, you know, like, 27 outs are still 27 outs. Like, Mike, that's a good-looking strikeout, you know? When I strike out, it looks terrible, but that was a good-looking strikeout. That shit doesn't matter. Like, that, it doesn't matter. You should look awful striking out because, like, that shows me a little bit about who you are as a hitter. Hey, I ain't afraid to get cheated with two strikes, you know, and I ain't afraid to look bad. Still hop up there. Like, man, so many times I got made look bad. Holy shit. I tell kids that all the time. All the time. Think about all the times – a little bit longer here. I don't want to take your time. Think about all the times that you developed, right? You climbed that mountain, and then something made you aware, and then you just went, Phoom. and then you're yeah. like, there's another mountain. Yeah. It's not, as, it's not tall or anything, but it's just another one. You're just like, it's the same thing. You just got to do it again. And that's, that's one of the hard parts about baseball. That was one of the things I, I forgot what I was talking about earlier, but like baseball is such a simple game. Like it's a, it's a repetitive process, but you get good at it and then you get good at it. And then you realize there's a deeper process and you can measure bigger things because it's an even smaller thing to measure, but now it's even a bigger game, you know? And one of the things that you've done for me is allowed the idea of like subliminal ideas within the ideas. Like, Hey, you throw a lot of strikes. That's awesome. You ever wonder why people hit you a lot? You know, like, that's it's a subliminal idea. Like, yes, you do throw a lot of strikes, but here's the other side of things. That means that the ball is in the hitting zone a lot, right? So that's, again, a simple idea that I feel like hitters need to understand that it's not like look for the fastball as a strike. It's like, just look for a strike, man. Dude's got to throw you something. Like, today's the day you might want to learn how to hit a changeup because he throws a lot of them for strikes. You know, Oscar Sinai, Oscar Sinai, the samurai himself, take balls, swing at strikes. I love it. Hey, I want to pre I want to say I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Um, everybody's asking me how to throw a cutter now uh, at TPC. I just want to tell you that I get a bunch of kids asking, me, like, hey, how do you throw a cutter? <laughs> you got traffic coming your way on the YouTube. <laughs> on the YouTube so you're like, uh, run over here. Subscribe, watch this. <laughs> and what's what's funny is the last note is like some of these kids like they see me throw it and they're like, That's not a cutter. And I'm like, dude, I'm not moving my wrist. I'm just doing this. And they stand <laughs> behind me and they're like, Oh, 
Like, I know. I know. I don't get it either. It's crazy. I know. It's, it's weird. crazy. It's, it's a weird, weird thing. Yeah. Anyways, I, I hope you have a good day, bro. Keep saving. Save the baseball world one pitch at a time. We're trying. We're trying to make it more fun. We're trying to you make it up too. more fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. If you got, if you had a chance to watch Bauer tonight, Bauer versus – um, Joey Musgrove. So we're going to see a lot of spin tonight, fellas. Whole What's Musgrove's thing? What's that? What's Musgrove's thing? Slider cut. He's he's a little bit Darvish now. Slider cutter four seam. So if he, let's see if he goes to the Dodgers. So he's probably going to try the same fastball strategy that he did before where he went fastball split, fastball cutter, fastball uh, slider. So if he breaks out the slider, he's going to have to break out the slider in the first inning because – it's just so good and big. It's it's more on the slurvy side. So how hard does he throw? Ninety six. Okay, yeah. So it'll probably be the same lineup that they had like uh, on Monday. Um, yeah, Darvish. Yeah. Well, I I'm just a big fan. You got to put Max Muncy in that damn lineup. You got to get. I mean, even Albert Poole is in that damn lineup. I don't know why the Angels got rid of him. Personnel issues or something. I don't know. <laughs> Person. He probably wanted to win. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's Personnel issues. Maybe maybe he baited everybody into like I'm old, and then he came out running in, with but the he Dodgers. Is. He's like 49 <laughs> years old. Like he is way older than what he says. You know? Hey, weird his leg kick back, right? Weird how he was like hitting 600 in junior college. Yeah, I'm 19, bro. You are 27 years old. <laughs> you are a grown man. You grown man. Yeah. All right, sure. bro. Peace. Have a good one, buddy. Good, good podcast. See ya. You too, bro. Later.